You're listening to Wake Up Tucson. This podcast is a Bustos Media production on The Voice. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Seven minutes after the hour, you are on Wake Up Tucson, 1030 The Voice, local news and talk. Good morning to ESQ. Good morning, good morning. It's Rodeo Thursday, parade happening very soon. And good morning to Jonathan Hoffman. Good morning. Editor, writer, and <laughs> leg breaker at PimaPerspectives.com. Yes. Chief cook and bottle washer. How are you doing, sir? Okay. Living yeah. the dream. We uh, yes. we have an exciting show today. Larson, we got Schweikert. We're gonna. I can't believe we're we're gonna we're gonna bring up the JFK <laughs> Why not? assassination disclosure bill he's got going, which is just <laughs> out of left field. I mean, I, I guess like- he's he's so bored with. Not bored, but he's so overcome with keep talking about the money. He wanted something else to concentrate on other than the budget. So, were you, you going to make fun of my gloves? Yeah. Okay. Well. <laughs> you look like you ought to be standing over an open top drum with a fire in it. You know, warming your hands. So I got these really. I've had these for years. They're my they're my fingerless gloves. Yeah. And I've, I think I I think as I've gotten older, um, and maybe it's in the little. I don't know if it's author. I don't know what it is, but my knuckles feel a little, you know, a little more sensitive to cold. Mm. So, it's true. So this is what happens. I, I I can put myself out there and say my knuckles are sensitive. Damn it. <laughs> so and then uh, Mike Zinkin will be here, Oro Valley Town Council. And uh, as he as uh, Frank Costanza said on Festivus, he's got a lot of problem with these people. <laughs> so he's going to be ma- making it happen. Um, what was the other thing I was going what to say? What does that Festivus thing come from again? It's a made up holiday by George's dad. To that's not Christmas, right? He didn't want mm-hmm. anything to do with the religious or commercial aspects of, oh. of Christmas. So he a festivus for the rest of us. It was called. So that's where that comes from. So, um, I know you have some stuff you want to talk about today, which is good. We're going to talk about uh, you it, want to talk if, about it, little, if it works in little Ukraine, and then uh, Representative Debbie Lesko from Arizona has uh, introduced the legislation to protect women from gender ideology. I think it's great that they're couching it in terms of protecting women instead of just trying to be, you know, sane and reasonable and stuck in reality. And we'll talk about this because what it, 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 doing it from that protect women uh, aspect, right? And what we'll get into it is puts the Democrats who don't like it in a corner, mm-hmm. right? But can the stupid party take advantage of that? And that that party, the stupid party, rhymes with a bubblican. Okay, so we'll we'll figure that before it's all over. So, uh, other rundown I got today: uh, <laughs> Arkansas police ruled suicide and death of a Clinton aide found hanging from a tree, and a shotgun <laughs> blast to the chest. I mean, is this the un- is this the onion or the this is real? I mean, basically hung from a tree with a wire, shotgun blast, and they're calling it a suicide. Um, and the Arkansas police, of course, have possibly some sort of tradition of such things. Uh, we'll talk about uh, Seattle uh, th- rethinks the defunding the mayor. Sorry, defund- oh, that's, a, that's Freudian. Freudian. <laughs> defunding the police as homicide rates are bumped 24% year over year. Who'd have thought? <laughs> NPR is laying off 10% of its workforce. Yay. 
Uh, Texas A&M does a study about their diversity, equality, and inclusion programs, and they're finding out from the students that they don't feel like they're so included, which is probably more of what they're teaching. Um, we got more. Uh, what else do we got here today? Um, oh, the GOP knocks out another Hobbs nomination for Department of Child Services, and we'll talk about that before it's over. Uh, I got to get to the story I teased yesterday. More than two hundred million of New York City purchased COVID gear auctioned off for a half a mil. We'll mm. talk about that. Mm. Um, I'll get to that in a second. Um, back to Ukraine. I know that's something you want to talk about. Uh, we got to talk about this Tucson police officer who lost his uh, leg getting run over. And there's something that's just kind of an interesting part of the story that I just I don't understand. And maybe you, very smart people, can help Frankenstein understand. And then I do want to get to uh, the publisher of Roald Dahl's books wants to uh, clean up and change the language in his books to make people feel better. Oh, God. Right out of 1984. It is. So, you know, Augustus Glub, the very large German child, uh, they can't call him fat, so I'm sure like in Cartman in South Park. Big boned. Thank you very very much. (laughs) Not fat. I'm big boned. (laughs) So we got to do that. Uh, Tomorrow we have Juan from El Taco Rustica is going to be doing, we're doing seafood, uh, seafood Lenten stuff that he makes at Taco Rustica for Friday. Mark's doing top 10 uh, Wilfred Brimley oatmeal commercials. It's the right thing to do and the right way to do it. Now, Wilfred Brimley movies, and if you if you really look at it, he's in he's in a bunch of really good movies. Wilfred Brimley. I know. I know. Um, you. I mean, Matt's a big fan of Cocoon Four, but um, <laughs> but we'll talk about some some other ones. And Cocoon Seven. Don't leave that one out. That's when that that's really where Gutenberg took the whole. The whole performance. Took the franchise. Right off, and, and <laughs> right off the bat. Uh, it's also, of course, uh, music today is going to be Cowboys because it's uh, first day. Yeah. Well, not the first day of the rodeo, but today is the uh, rodeo parade. So we're going to be doing some cowboy tunes for the uh, three hours of the show. And also happens to be uh, my mom's uh, mom and uh, mom's birthday today. So happy birthday oh, happy to Camille. Birthday. Happy birthday, Camille. Happy 49th birthday. So... Um, so we're going to do that. Um, when we come back, I want to talk some city stuff with you, Jonathan, and the crew. Um, so a couple of our friends' businesses got hit uh, by vandals. But there's something that on one of them that they're spray-painted on. And I, I think, I, I, again, uh, it goes back to our Inigo Montoya. You keep using the word, but you don't understand what it means. Uh, we got to help the graffiti artists. Um, you the heart. I don't think it means what you think it means. You are correct. So let's go to break. Uh, we're on a rodeo parade Thursday. Uh, Matt got me the uh, MP3 of my Dr. Robert Malone interview yesterday mm. about Fauci being a liar and all of that good stuff. And that has uh, been sent to the uh, factory for YouTube manufacturing. So hopefully that'll be out uh, today and you guys can uh, share it uh, at at will because it took everything that all these people in Pima County and the state have been telling you and throws it in the garbage. As a listener said yesterday, I wish I could get Dr. Christ, uh, Will Humble, and uh, Dr. Yellen and put them all in a room with Dr. Malone. And have we a- want privacy! We oh, want privacy! <laughs> you are just off the wall. <laughs> all right, Aerosmith back in the saddle. Here we go. There we go. Little Glenn. 
Little rhinestone cowboy on a rodeo Thursday, Hoffman and D. Simone. So we'll get to your phone calls. Chris, hold on for a second, 790-2040. So a uh, friend of the show, he'll be on tomorrow, Juan from El Taco Rustico. Mm. He has another building that he's working on a second business over on Grant and Country Club. I'm not saying it's going to be tacos, so if he's not, he's, it's going to be a, a, a different business model. Okay. So anyway, uh, he was in California celebrating his birthday with his wife, um, hung out in Orange County. So if you're going to go to California, Orange County is least the least offensive of some of the counties over there. Um, they're getting worse, though. And um, Used to be Republican until they legalized uh, ballot harvesting, and then it suddenly overnight flipped Democrat. It was, it's definitely, I would call it purple. I give it a purple yeah, instead yeah. of a blue. It's hard is red, but, you know. And then Huntington Beach is hard R, mm. believe it or not. Okay. So... Now, uh, or decent art. Let's call it decent art. So, um, anyway, um, so he sends me pictures of this building, and it's got graffiti all over it, right? And this is at the same time another one of our wakey family friends had two of his businesses. They just broke his windows, just took them out. So, what I wanted, the thing that I saw uh, on the on the on the uh, on the picture, I'm showing Jonathan right now because it's radio. It says a lot, and this is multiple times on the building. It says "Stop Cop City," right? So I don't know if that's the idea that somehow they think the police has a too much of a presence in Tucson, Arizona. I just want to tell them uh, you're wrong. There's, we're not even close. It's your city. Yeah. Right. It's not. It's not Cop City. It's definitely Criminal City. I mean, remember, I know you guys aren't watching the news, whoever's doing this. Don't know if you can even, well, you can, I guess you can write. You said Stop Cop City, and it is well spelled. Just, you know, Stop Cop City. I think we could work on your grammar a little bit. But um, the police chief said two weeks ago that there's not enough police officers to cover Tucson, Arizona anymore. So I just want to tell the graffiti guys ruining our friends' buildings, get your facts straight, right? So I'm going to I'm going to have Dylan Smith uh, write snarky comments about you on uh, Facebook. Hey bro. So, what were you going to say? I interrupt. I thought you were going to say something. No, no, no. Uh, okay. I'm sorry. 7902040. Let's go to XP. XP, you're on with Chris and the Hoff. What's up? Morning. Happy uh, rodeo times to everyone. You too. Congress Congress will be dead today. What's that mean? It just means there's not going to be much activity. Well, the there'll street. be activity as far oh, as Oh, that, that Congress. Oh. <laughs> but it's uh, it's all about the South Side, Chris. All about Irvington. I, I, I tell you, I, I, love, I love Rodeo Day, man. I, I love, do, do, I love do. seeing those families out there. It's the best. Yep. The only thing better would be if they could bring top fuel dragsters, too. That would just be over the top. Well, can't can't do that with the horses. The horses already got enough issues well, clip clopping. Fairgrounds, Chris. So, ah. Fairgrounds. It'd be conjunctive. Gotcha. How you like that word? That's but uh, big, it's a big word like delicatessen, as we used to say. <laughs> yeah. Can you possibly play "I Want to Be a Cowboy" by Boys Don't Cry, the classic '80s cowboy song? Sure. We've we've we've, yeah, we've remember that we, we, we've had worse uh, worse requests on this show. So we got cheering some... your guys of Chris Kasem, shock jock. Oh my lord! Well, you I... like that? I put man. That's a big. That's a big surname, Kasem. We got some. We got we got some Thin Lizzy coming up for you. Uh, Ooh, for, I was just about to recommend that. That's it's it's in the list. Uh, good, good. It's in the list, can kids. Play, can you play any Ozark Mountain Daredevils? Uh, we'll see. Well, they uh, don't have a cowboy song per se. They're more redneck, so 
All right. You well, know what? You know, we'll just save it. We'll just save it for. We'll song. just save it for a redneck song one day. I can do that. So I might have to come in for that. I might I, have to make an appearance. I don't think you're calling in, but I mean, you're not coming in for that. But I will tell you that um, what we could do is uh, we'll, we'll, we'll we'll give a little heads up. I'll get the Wastebook kids on it, and we'll all collaborate on a redneck song. Um, yeah, and then on the graffiti front, the yeah. best graffiti I've seen downtown is recently. Yes, someone spray painted Indigo Girls. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, wait a minute, did I just Lefty Town Graffiti? Nineteen eighty six. It's yeah, uh, the Indigo Girls, bro. Just for you know, blast of the past. There's certain things that Matt should hit the dump button on, and I think Indigo Girls. <laughs> All right, well, God bless. A great show. Thank you, buddy. Have a good day. 790-2040 is the phone number. So I know you're on a conversation, but so and, and, and you were a little wary with XP on, right? And <laughs> I'm wary with everybody in the last few weeks. <laughs> we were uh, talking about, you know, because he kept... I actually ordered a new uh, button because I think the other one is... Uh, wow. You wore little... out your yeah. dump button? I'm, I'm going to get you a little poking stick with a rubber tip at the end, so you don't even have to go that far anymore. <laughs> it's uh, anyway. You were you were saying? I'm sorry. Anyways. So anyway, he was talking. So I was a little worried about it, right? Because he said, "I'm starting." I saw this thing I've I've never seen before. He's saying about a, a business downtown on graffiti, right? <laughs> oh boy! And so I'm oh, sitting there boy. going. Why? But I saw you talking in conversation, so I'm like, <laughs> "Oh, this should be interesting." And then he said two dirty words that you missed. Wait, Indigo Girls. Oh. Yeah. So well played. Yeah, thank you. Uh, so anyway, that's thanks what we, for adding to my anxiety. Uh, oh, I saw that. the anxiety. I saw it from here, buddy. Uh, let's go to Bill number two on line 147. We've expanded our phone lines. Bill, good morning. Morning, guys uh, and everybody. Um, before I get started, we just we'll just get uh, Matt at arm extender thing. All he's got to do is just sit there and, and and hit it. So he'll be fine with that. We're working on it. I'm, 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 I, I also I think we can get a tax credit. For getting him an arm, it's in the uh, it's in the uh, build back better thing. Uh, arm extender. Sure from your uh, desert uh, rose tax accounting said Tim. <laughs> yeah, you know when you get a three thousand page bill, there's a lot in there. Hey, Kamala, um, I just want to tell you, Kamala Harris's uncle owns an arm extender factory, and that's how it got in there. Just want to I'm shocked. Up. I'm absolutely. Look <laughs> at those Pelosi. <laughs> hey, um, in terms of uh, the city's revenue, for some reason, I could have this wrong, but is is most of their income for the city to run their stuff? Does a lot of it just come from sales tax? As the French would say, we. Oui. Yeah. So, <laughs> You would think that they would, and who collects sales tax, Chris, and and for the city? Those dirty, scrubby little business owners. Yes, businesses do, okay? (laughs) So you would think that the city would do whatever they can to protect and help businesses because it's collecting money for them, Correct. right? Correct. But they don't. What is the logic of that, or is there any? Well... You know, you as any good good lawyer would tell you, you already knew the answer before you asked the question. Mm. Right. But these poor business people, that's tough enough when things are good and they're running their businesses properly and, you know, everything's fine, they're marketing and they're working hard and everything. But when you have utter chaos, you you know, you don't know if your windows are going to get blown out, you know, and uh, some crazy dude walks in and shoots somebody. I mean, 
it's pretty tough out there. And I'd be interested in knowing how many of these businesses have closed up shop in the last, say, year and a half. That'd be an interesting thing to know. I'd love to see a line graph on insurance premiums of Tucson businesses over the last 10 years. I'm sure it's going, um, say, up to the right side of the chart, not to the downside of the chart. What do you think? Well, I'm glad you used up and down like that because the TUSD kids listening to this right now, would if you got into X and Y axes right now, you just... (laughs) Well, I try to keep it as simple as possible because I'm kind of a simpleton too. We we literally would hear this. (laughs) That's the easy one. All right, guys. See you later. Later, Big Joe. All right. uh, One more thing on the city of Tucson. So... Uh, KVOA and a bunch of them had a story of this police officer who uh, lost his leg. Um, he used this patrol car as a shield to protect the man, a man lying on the street shortly after the driver struck the officer with his SUV. The cause uh, lose part of his leg from the knee down. Mm. So they have a, um, so our friends at the Eric Height Foundation and we love what Naomi and the crew is doing over there, they're doing a support our injured TPD officer. So he was just hired in October of 2021, and 100% of his donation will go to the uh, directly to the officer. Go to ericheightfoundation.org. And so I was wondering... H-I-T-E? H-I-T-E. Okay. And it's Eric with a K. So E-R-I-K-H-I-T-E. So what I want to do is, if you can help out, but when we come back, I see we're coming up on a hard break. What I want to do is I was texting with one of my police officers going, for an officer that was obviously hurt in the line of duty, why are we collecting money for his recovery? And so I got an answer, and I want to to share that all with you guys and girls. When we come back on a rodeo Thursday, the parade... And I, it's 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 uh, our friends from Podorosa. I can see them running around. So they're setting up. Li- they're doing a live remote. Chorus Cafe on uh, Park Avenue. Beautiful. So if you want to see Gaston and Roly and the crew, stop by and say hi. They're good guys. They're yeah. very good guys. Compa so. Charlie's going to be there. The whole team. Love it. All right, little Marty Robbins, cowboy in a continental suit. Here we go. Look at you. Is this a uh, is this an ESQ pick? Well, either it is or it isn't. It can't be a. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just, uh, does it, like like you, you have other voices in your head that like me. So, welcome back to the Wake Up Tucson hundredth and forty fifth rodeo show here at Wake Up Tucson. Jonathan Hoffman's here. Hola, and uh, as we like to call him the Hoff. Uh, Hoff, we'll Hoff fi- Daddy, we'll, Hoff Daddy. We'll finish the rest of the story on the TPD officer. As an unprofessional radio guy, I forgot that Ryan Larson was calling in today. So let's go to uh, the potentate of sports, according to <laughs> ESQ, big word like delicatessen again. Ryan Larson, welcome aboard. Thanks, Chris. How are you doing? Not too bad. Uh, I heard uh, you and Matt were talking about the, uh, the Pac-12 and whether or not they're going to do something with their network. Uh, what are you hearing out there? Anything? Yeah, I mean, the thing with Pac-12 news and conference realignment as a whole is you have to recognize that probably about 90% of the reporting, maybe 95, is going to be wrong. Right. It's, it's, conference reporting is notoriously finicky, and this the Pac-12's current uh, media rights deal negotiation is is no different in that respect. But what we're hearing from the Pac-12 right now 
is that the the most likely outcome for a new media rights deal for the Pac-12 is that they're going to sign some combo of a deal with ESPN and Apple Plus, where a large percentage of the Pac-12's games end up on streaming. And on Apple Plus, which is one of the lowest used streaming services, that's not great. <laughs> I, think the, I think those sounds are accurate because Pac-12 is, is renegotiating their media deal to try and hold the conference together. The motivation for this is to keep Oregon and Washington happy. They want to keep the, the four corner schools, the Arizona schools in Utah and Colorado. So here's a comment from uh, Pac-12. They, Pac-12 issued a statement today. We want privacy! We, we want privacy! You, you, you are overusing that. You are just an animal. He, this one South Park episode has changed his life. Um, so, so, um, so we're talking about so Apple TV, right? As you rightly say, one of the lowest uh, number of subscribers out there. Okay, and you know it'll go it'll go up a little bit when Ted Lasso season three goes up. Okay, but sure. So I noticed that I was when we were, Matt and I were talking about it. So um, they signed a two and a half billion with a B with MLS. All right, Major League Soccer. Did Major League right. Soccer move all of their coverage to Emma, to Apple, or is that still a partial deal that they're doing something with e, e, the ESPN, as Bobby Boucher's father once said? The way I understand it is, is that it's all on Apple TV now, and that subscribers to so Apple stupid. TV can pay essentially for like NFL Sunday Ticket type coverage, where they can get every single game on Apple TV Thank if they Jesus. really want to watch the MLS for some reason. <laughs> Which I'm sure that there's a large demand for that. <laughs> I find MLS some of the most boring soccer humanly out there, and the the personalities are boring. And my 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 serious XMFC, they're forcing them because the season opens this weekend. They're they're always doing a segment where they do you know interview from media day, and I'm just literally I've I've literally almost fallen asleep at the wheel. Like I'm listening to Zach Yenser talk, and um, I so when, so putting it all on Apple TV just sounds. You don't, it doesn't sound like you want to grow a game at that point. You just need the money yeah, so bad. So, yeah, that's the competing interest we're looking at. Because if you put it all on Apple TV, where so Apple TV is the ninth most used uh, subscriber serv- su- streaming subscription service. If you put it all on a- Apple TV, the coaches are going to be upset about this because this is going to hurt recruiting for them because <laughs> they're going to go into recruits homes and they're going to say, well, if you want to watch your son play, you have to sign up for this media service that you're pretty much never going to use for anything else. And families aren't going to want their kids to go to schools where they can't watch their kids play. It hurts the, the visibility of your school. And then that, that's just going to make everything harder for these coaches. But on the other side, if this is the opportunity for the Pac-12 schools to get as much money as possible – the powers in charge are probably going to go for that because that's what these media deals are all about. It's not necessarily about increasing your visibility. That's just a fun talking point. What they're really doing is just trying to get as much money as possible for each school so that these schools don't bolt to a conference that is offering them more money in the future. So these competing interests between the fan experience and the coaches who want to actually be able to watch games and the schools that want to get money, the money is going to win out because the the, the schools, when they're getting paid, they frankly don't care that much about your fan experience. They don't care too much about winning games, provided that the money is there. And so if this ends up, it ends up happening, it's not going to be great for the Pac-12 as a product. It's not going to be a great long-term solution. But if people take a short-sighted approach, 
which, you know, George Klaikov, who is trying to keep his job and keep his conference together, he's going to be far more inclined to take that short-sighted approach than play the long game at this point. So, you know, the market will determine, right? So I'm looking at this article from the New York Post by Andy Marchan, and, you know, one of the statement paragraphs is about how ESPN, Amazon Prime, and Fox Sports are pretty lukewarm on the Pac-12. Right. Yeah. So there, there's not a market really. It's ESPN. It's Apple Plus, and outside of that, the question is who's left, because all these other potential big players have already backed out. Well, the other thing is the you know the, so the ESPN right is they got enough to do with SEC Network and all they're doing over there. And and if you looked at ESPN, they've been firing people left and right over there. They are definitely not in a growth model okay. uh, right now. So. Um, so for all of you who are, are uh, direct TV people who are pissed that you still can't watch a Pac-12 game, right? Don't you worry. It's going to get worse. <laughs> <laughs> Might not be any different going forward. <laughs> Unless you really love Apple products. And then maybe... And, and, and half of those fans are Android people. And so. I, think it's, I think it's all going to go this way. I get it. I get that's the, you know... Uh, People are cutting the cord, right? People are switching over to streaming service, YouTube TV, all sorts of things. But I, I think they're getting a little bit ahead of themselves, and they, I think they should hedge their bet with more traditional delivery me- methods, uh, uh, channels. Well, so... Yeah, you would love to hedge. You would love to hedge, but the money's just not there for them, for many of the big networks. Like, like Chris said, you know, Fox is out because they're all in on the Big Ten. Uh, ESPN could potentially be a partner, but they are paying for the SEC. They already have a partnership deal with the Big 12. Really, the Pac-12 selling points of these networks that are non-streaming is you get to televise games in the Pacific time zone. But how much of a selling point is that really when these teams have already bundled billions of dollars into televising other college football games? The money just might not be there to get onto a network in a way that will make the schools happy. So when you look at your market, right, and you say – Who's making up your, your your fan base, right? So you're going to have your older fans, right? Then you got to hook the younger fans, which I don't know if the younger mm-hmm. fans are getting into football and college football and basketball like this generation. So there is a there is a some sort of careful judo flip that you have to execute, right? So the moment you put it on Apple TV, you're going to basically alienate anyone over the age ninety percent of anyone over the age of fifty five, right? And they'll just, they'll just, they'll, they'll just, I'm just, just the way it is. They'll, they'll, they'll figure out that, that they, they, they'll find out it wasn't that important in their lives mm. is what they're going to find out. Right. And so, um, I guess the, the diehard U of a basketball fan will figure it out and they'll say, all right, I'll, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I have Peacock, the, the NBC station, the NBC streaming only because mm-hmm. I want those other premier league games. So I pay right. four and a half bucks a month. I think Apple TV is like six bucks a month last yep. time I checked. All right. So it's kind of the fact of I'll do it for that. So, but again, I, 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 I'm, you know, I'm a little, I may be a little hipper than the average, you know, uh, cat out there. I, I cut the cord years ago on this whole thing. So, and I love Premier League and it's, it's a, it's a compelling enough product for me. Right. So I think U of A basketball will be a compelling enough product, but U of A football is not a compelling enough product yet for people to go, you know, I got to get Apple TV so I can watch us on a road game at Cal Poly Abismo. Right? Yeah, yeah I think 
I think you're pretty much right, Chris. I think for me, I don't have Apple TV, but if the Pac-12 ends up on there, I will get Apple TV because I want to watch Utah. I want to watch Arizona. But if you're a random college football fan living in like Orlando and you really love the Florida Gators, you're not going to get Apple TV to watch a Colorado versus Washington State football game at 11 o'clock your time. That's, that's just not going to happen. So you might still keep some of your reach on the West Coast if you're the Pac-12 and you go to Apple TV, but the casual football fans, which are so important to driving up TV dollars for the Big Ten and the SEC because casual fans are watching those games, they are not going to tune into Apple TV to watch a mediocre Pac-12 game. It's just not going to happen. And so you're going to lose a huge amount of your national reach, and you're only going to become even more regionalized as a conference for the Pac-12 if you end up on streaming. Let's go to the phones before we go to break. Let's go to one of the biggest Nebraska fans on the planet Earth who's, <laughs> who made the right move in escaping the Big 12 right before the whole thing imploded. It's Nebraska Betsy. Hi, Betsy. Yes. Hello. <laughs> go big red. I love this topic. And, Ryan, you just hit it because um, there's a huge opportunity in terms of watch site parties. I have cut the cord, you know, over 20 years ago. I haven't had cable forever. And I only follow one team. And so, and, and actually, I went to a Nebraska game last November, which was, um, you know, I'm willing to fly and be there and experience it. It's nothing, there's no other experience like it. But um, the streaming television thing, I mean, we forget it's about the, the student athlete and why they're there and what they're doing, and this transfer portal, and everything is, it's, the, it's a whole different ball game, no pun intended, but um, it'll be interesting to see what happens in the sense of, um, are they really willing to pay all this money to watch it on cable? You might as well, if you're going to spend that much money, go to the game. You know, just buy a ticket. Buy an airline ticket, travel, go to the game, experience the tailgate, do the whole thing. Ryan Larson. So. Counterpoint. No, it's going to <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think she nailed it in that the fan experience is certainly being lost in college football is what we're seeing is that you you understand in terms of realignment that with USC and UCLA leaving to the Big Ten, they're doing it for money. Like They don't care about their fan experience. The fans want to, the, the teams to play in games that they can actually watch, that they can attend, that they can fly to pretty easily. When you're USC, a USC fan living in Los Angeles, it's really hard to fly out to Ohio to a game. But the conference is they are not motivated by fans being able to, to attend games or now for the Pac-12 being able to watch games. They're just trying to secure as much money for the schools as possible. And we're going to continue to see that fans are going to suffer from that and that the experience is only going to get worse moving forward because that, that's what's driving, driving everything that happens in realignment. Realignment has never been driven by anything other than securing more money for the school. And I think that's just going to continue moving forward. Has the Pac-12 been left in the dust by the other? Basically, they just been left in the dust by the other power, the big power conferences. Is is that is that what's going on in the end? Well, they've certainly they've certainly been left behind by the SEC and the Big Ten, but that's true for every other conference besides those two. Those two are establishing a big two in college football. Now, the question is, can the Pac-12 remain relevant with the ACC and the Big Twelve? And the ACC maybe is a clear third tier third tier conference or third conference in the rankings, just because they have Clemson. They get ACC, or they get Notre Dame to get play a lot of games with them, but the Pac-12 certainly needs to keep up with the Big 12 if they're going to stay relevant because the Big 12, 
looked on the verge of collapse just two years ago when Texas and Oklahoma were leaving, and now they've secured a pretty pretty solid uh, mid-tier deal, deal with the big, with ESPN. And if the Pac-12 is lagging behind the Big 12 in terms of money, if they're the Pac-12 signing a deal that's worth like $25, $30 million per team while the Big 12 is getting close to $35 million per team, then it, that's going to be bad for the Pac-12. That's going to show that they're going to get left behind. And it seems inevitable if that happens that Oregon and Washington are for sure gone and then likely other schools are going to start jumping ship as well to secure their future. My last thing on this before we go to break is, so the NFL, which is one of the biggest prop sports properties on the planet, uh, they're on their Amazon Thursday night games. The ratings were so bad that they had the Amazon had to do a whole bunch of make goods for or refunds for their advertisers because streaming the NFL on a Thursday night was not working. So mm-hmm. that's that. That's, yeah, it, you go. The views are not going to be there on streaming. Is all I'm going to say because fans just. Cable's still more common. People, It's easier for people. They know what they're doing. It's going to take an adjustment period before streaming becomes a place where you can get a large viewership for football games. All right. Hold that yeah, thought. Like we'll Arizona be right back. Oh. Arizona Bowl is streaming, you know, and case point, Ryan just, you know, he's right. I didn't. I forgot Betsy was still there. I thought she <laughs> – You. so I apologize. Betsy, thank you for calling. I got I'm really late on this break, so love you. okay. All right. Bye-bye. All right. 6.49 in the morning, Christy Sloan, Jonathan Hoffman, sports intern, ESQ, Nebraska Betsy, David Schweikert, Jack Ruby. Everyone's going to be here today. <laughs> Wake up, Tucson, 10.30, The Voice, local news and talk. 6.53 in the morning, Cowboy Thursday. we got the uh, rodeo parade is uh, occurring in just a little bit. Our friends from La Poderosa are going to be at Chorus Cafe on Park. Uh, doing a live remote, please join him. I, when I saw Gaston in his cowboy hat today, he looked so... I'm like, look at you. Look at you making it happen. It's uh, the Hoff, uh, ESQ, and D-Train with uh, the potentate of sports, uh, Dr. Ryan Larson. Ryan, welcome back, sir. Thanks, Chris. Uh, let's talk about the University of Arizona hoops. It's the uh, you know it's the lifeblood of this town that we got going on around this place. So what's, uh, what's the uh, current State of the Union... What happened last weekend? What's going on this weekend? All right, I'll start with last weekend. So last weekend was a solid week for the Wildcats. They were playing two games. They played against Utah and Colorado. And both of these teams are kind of mid-tier Pac-12 teams. Utah at one point was second in the Pac-12, which is kind of funny. But these were good wins for, for Arizona. First, they demolished Utah. They won that game by 26. In a game that Azulis Tabellis struggled in. He, was, he only had 11 points on 5 of 14 shooting. But the rest of Arizona played a perfectly complete basketball game, which was great to see. You had the guards, Creesa had 17, Ramey had 13, Pella Larson had 11. You just you had a complete offensive performance from the rest of the team, and that's something that we just have not seen a lot from the Wildcats this season, where if Tubella struggles or Ballo struggles, then the rest of the team has rarely been able to step up and carry the Wildcats to, to a dominating performance. And that's just what you want to see going forward for the Wildcats is you want to see that they don't have to completely rely on Tubelis every single game in order for them to win or to win comfortably against a lesser opponent. And we also saw from the Wildcats in that game, they had 26 assists on 37 made baskets, which is, is really great for, for moving the ball on offense. It shows that lots of players were involved. And so this was a really big game for Arizona. I think this is one of the most complete basketball games we've seen the Wildcats play in a while. This, so, this is so the discussion. This is this is the discussion we really had last week. Remember, I asked you if that one or two yeah. guys are 
are, are cold that day or they're in foul trouble, do we got anyone else? Well, they kind of answered that this weekend, and we'll see if they can continue. Yeah, you would like to say that they have they have other players they can rely on, but in general, we still end up relying the most on Tubelis and Balo, and we saw that in the Colorado game too, where Balo had 18, Tubelis had 13, and there was really no one else who, who stepped up for the Wildcats. Cendric Henderson did have 15 in that game, but the rest of the, their players were in single digits, and so... For Arizona, I think we're going to expect them moving forward to still rely very heavily on their centers. That's just the way this team is built. But we see that when their guards come to play, when they get a big game from, say, Krisa or Larson or Ramey, and two of those guys play well, then they're they're able to basically hang with any team or blow out lesser teams with no problem. And, and that's what we're going to want to see from Arizona as we're transitioning into March here in the next week. So this week for Arizona, they're playing Arizona State. So we get the rivalry game. It's at home. This is a game that Arizona should win and should win pretty easily, but they need to expect that ASU is going to give their absolute best shot in this game because the Sun Devils are currently, uh, in most bracketologies, they're listed among the first four teams out in the bracket. And so they're going to come in. If they can get a win against the Wildcats on the road, that could potentially propel the Sun Devils into the NCAA tournament field. And so they're gonna, this is going to be a desperate team, this ASU team. They, they're going to come out firing. And so Arizona needs to be ready for that, even though they have the talent advantage. And ASU has struggled in the last month. They're 4-6 and six in their last 10 games, and they've had quite a few bad results. So this, this ASU team, they're coming in. They, they desperately need this win. So Arizona need, needs to be prepared because ASU plays really good defense, and they play defense that does not play to Arizona's strengths in that ASU, they hold, they're a pretty lackluster three-point shooting team, but they have the third best in the nation two-point defense. Teams shoot 42% from two against the Sun Devils. And Arizona, as we know, we've watched them all season, they, they prefer to shoot, score in the two-point range. That's what they like to do. They give it to Bellas, they give it to Ballo, mid-range game. That's, that's where they live, and ASU plays really good defense there. And so Arizona could struggle offensively. We saw that in the first game these two teams played. It was a 69-60 slugfest. So Arizona needs to be ready. It's not going to be a gimme game. They should win, but it's going to be tough. Tell me about um, the, the, the women's team with the Dia. They had a big uh, victory recently, correct? Oh, massive week for the women's, women's team this past week. They, they had two wins. They beat Utah and Colorado as well, but the Utah and Colorado women's teams are way better than the men's team. Utah was ranked number four when Arizona beat them. And then they beat Colorado, who's ranked 21. And so for the women's team, this is massive because this gives them two statement wins on the season. Prior to these wins, they only had one win against the team currently ranked in the top 25 all season. That was a win against UCLA. And so with that win, that pushes Arizona into where they're projected around a five seed, but they have a legitimate chance to become a four seed which is really massive in the women's tournament because if you're a top four seed, you get to host the first two rounds of the NCAA tournament at home. So those first two games would be at McHale. If they can keep winning games, it gives them a chance to to get that top four seed, which would give them a huge boost going into the tournament. And so this this was a statement week for the women. Awesome. Great job as always, Potentate. Great job. Thanks, Chris. Great talking to you. Have a great weekend, buddy. When we come back, uh, the Hoff and I are going to talk the JFK assassination with a certain (laughs) coffee-swilling U.S. congressman. Wake up.